in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends and what's going on right now. Something new every week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, so I don't know whether it is because I'm talking to a friend of mine from the north, but it is finally, finally somebody shut off the heat in St. Louis. And I'm wearing a sweatshirt today, not because it's so cold in my house from the air conditioning, it's because it is actually cold outside. So I'm joined today with my friend, James Van Hees from uh, uh, Ontario, uh, and I don't remember, it's Burlington, Ontario, correct? Yes, it is. Burlington, Ontario. So James, say hello today. Hey, everybody. So I've got to know James uh, via working with another gentleman that many of you may know, uh, Peter Hurley. And James is uh, one of the people who is involved with Peter and also runs a very successful business doing mainly headshots and portraits and has built quite an empire for himself in his little corner of the world. Not little corner, it's actually a big corner of his world. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about that today. So first of all, Give us, um, give us. Uh, a, I don't know anything about you as far as growing up and you know your your early history. So just give us the right. quick bio on James. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Jason, <laughs> for for having me. Um, yeah, where did I start? I started in like two thousand. Um, yeah, around two thousand. I was working for a not for profit and mm. kind of hit that glass ceiling. Uh, type of thing and was sitting there like so many of us going there has to be more <laughs> right that, there has to be more than this um i was originally doing banking and i was like i remember in that job i was like there has to be more outside <laughs> like it just there has to be some some form of creativity out there and then working for the not-for-profit hit the glass ceiling and i was just like oh i need to express mm. you know i need to get me out of here right and so I started looking around for for different things to do and to try, and uh, this was just when digital was just starting mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So I remember my wife bought me this little Canon G1 uh, oh, digital yeah, camera. It was a, a whopping 3.1 megapixels yeah. uh, um, blockbuster of a camera, and uh, I, I remember sitting there. I had lots of time with my job and I just started playing around and playing around and I was like, you know what? I kind of enjoy this. Like I bought mm -hmm. my first camera with my Ontario stereo acquisition plan. We called it the OSAP, the student loans. So I bought my first SLR with the student loan money back in university. Uh, but this digital thing was all, all kind of new and, and shiny. And I was like, maybe there's something to it. And then a friend of mine asked me to shoot their wedding. And I was like, oh, I've, never, I've never shot, I've shot, I've shot like trees, I've shot bugs, <laughs> I've shot everything. I've never shot a person before. And a wedding sounds like a pretty important kind of thing. Are you sure? And they were like, no, I definitely want you to do it. Um, her regular photographer wasn't able to do the getting ready stuff. So she's like, just come in and do, do that. And I was like, okay. And I didn't have a clue what to do. I didn't have a clue. So I asked my wedding photographer 
hey, you know, uh, his name was Bruce Singer. He was a wedding photographer out of Toronto. Mm. And I said, Bruce, you know, I've been asked to do this. What should I do? And he gave me some gear to rent. And I rented some equipment and shot it. And I showed, ended up showing Bruce the shots. And he went, you know what? You're, you're not half bad. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like this, you know. This is positive feedback. What a novel concept in corporate, uh, you know, corporate world. You're getting positive feedback, you know, and uh, so I just I lunged onto that, and uh, through a series of events, I had asked Bruce, you know, hey, could I apprentice with you? Mm. And he said, are you are you are you are you an idiot? Like are you stupid? <laughs> like this, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I want to I want to learn this, and he goes, you don't want to learn this, and. Uh, he, he said no to me three times, three, three times I asked him on separate occasions if I could apprentice with him, if he could teach me. And he said, no, no, no. And then finally one day I cornered him in an elevator and, uh, he, he just shook his head. He says, you're not going to let up, are you? And I said, no way. And he says, okay, I have conditions. And I was like, Okay, like this is not a no. This is not a maybe. This is, you know, here, here are the terms of the of Sounds the agreement. like you're converting to Judaism because you know a yeah, rabbi exactly. has to turn you away three times. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so then, then he goes, here are my conditions. And I said, okay, hit me with them. And he said, uh, uh, first condition was you can never charge less than me. Ever. Okay, wow, okay. Uh, num- condition number one, you can never charge less than me. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, that's fine. And he was, he, I paid his bill. I knew, I knew what I was in for then. <laughs> and uh, he said, number two, he said, uh, I will never pay you for anything <laughs> you do. Right. And I said, okay, that's fine. This is education. I got this. He said, number three, you can never market in my local area. Mm. Wow. These I are said, three big conditions. Non-competition clause. I get that. Uh-huh. Not a problem. And he said, and number four, is you have to have exactly the same gear as I have. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking around at his studio and I'm like, what are we talking? And he's like, cameras, lenses, computers, printers. Wow. And he says, I am too old to learn any new system for anybody else. He says, this is the way I do it. This is the way it works for me. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. And I said, okay, what are we talking? And he looked around. He says, it's about 25 grand. Mm-hmm. I said, let's mm-hmm. go shopping. Mm-hmm. And so then for three years, I was at his hip learning the wow. craft, learning the trade. Okay. And um, we did, uh, we had lots of neat accounts from Lululemon to, you know, ballet companies, uh-huh. opera companies. He was big into the art scene as well as the weddings. We probably knocked off uh, probably 200, 300 weddings wow. just with us. We were wow. really busy. Uh-huh. And then one day I got a phone call from Bruce and he's like, uh, hey, we need to talk. And I was like, hey, we sure. What's going on? And he goes, uh, do you remember that couple that we shot? And I was like, oh, yeah. And it was funny because this individual couple that we had, I just gone to my one of my first WPPIs mm. and I was all fired up. <laughs> right. Like you start running around with, you know, Joe Busink and, you know, mm-hmm all those guys and you're learning these new ways of shooting and stuff like that. So I was all fired up and I brought that back to our shoots and, um, Bruce was like, what are you doing? You know, with the bride, I remember that day. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just trying this new thing. And the bride was really responding to it. And, uh, so we got some really great stuff. 
And so Bruce told me at that time, he goes, so I went through the album with those that couple and I said, how'd it go? He says it went really good. They actually bought two albums. And wow. I was like, that's like a double, double version album. And I was like, that's crazy. That's so good. And he says, yeah, it's good and it's bad. And I said, well, what's bad? <laughs> he says, we can't work together anymore. <laughs> and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what happened? You know, did I insult the bride? Was it something I said, you know? And he goes, no. He says, they bought more of your prints than mine. Oh, wow. And I went, I am so sorry. And he goes, don't apologize. He says, yeah. this is the point. Uh -huh. He says, back in that elevator three years ago, yeah. I gave you all those conditions because you weren't ready. Mm -hmm. He says, you didn't have a portfolio, so mm. you couldn't charge the good prices, mm -hmm. right? I didn't mm -hmm. let you undercharge for yourself because I knew what you would be worth. Mm. And so he says, you didn't have any gear, but now you have all the gear. Mm. He says, you didn't have pricing and you didn't have a territory. Mm. He says, now you have all of those things. He says, oh, you're wow. now ready to go. And then wow. the first year, first year on my own, I felt like I'd lost, like I'd had a major divorce. Like when yeah, you work so oh, sure. closely with somebody for so long, um, you really kind of feel a little depressed. But yeah, the first yeah. year, first year we, you know, we hit just under a hundred thousand wow. in weddings. And wow. then the next couple of years, it just took off from there. That's amazing. And then just, uh, it blew up, it blossomed. It was, it was quite something. So thank you to Bruce Singer. Yeah. And, and you were <laughs> very, very lucky career. to have uh, a mentor like that who brought you under his wing. Not, not many of us have that kind of foundation to build on. Um, mm -hmm. Me as a wedding photographer worked for um, somebody that I grew up with since high school. Very similar. I worked for him for almost 15 years, but I, I was doing my own thing as well. Right. Um, but he... He provided so many sound bites that still stick in the back of my head. He sound this guy Bruce sounds very similar to my Steve Bass. Um, right. He uh, provided a lot of a lot of things that still stick in the back of my mind. Like they don't judge you on how he used to say they don't judge you on how good you are when you're shooting. Uh, they know how good you are. They judge you on how fast you are. If you're not fast, you're not good. Uh, right. And those are always like things that would stick in my head, and 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 you're lucky to have that kind of foundation. And um, what you're talking about, what is interesting that I, I want to talk about is that time period that uh, during wedding photography uh, that you were discussing, like that 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 there was a there was a period of time in the early 2000s when. When we went from film to digital, and things were really exploding, those are the Joe Busink and Yervant years, yep. where there were ten thousand people at, 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 in one audience for for his for their presentations, yep. uh, and things were changing so much, going from very traditional, which probably what Bruce was, to all this photojournalism, and uh, then you had the. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? And he lives in Atlanta. Um, he shot the Kennedys' weddings. You had, you know, just pure photojournalism, mm -hmm. photography, um, doing really creative things. Where you, you, Bruce probably had taught you how to go out and shoot a wedding with ten rolls of film, one hundred fifty pictures. And then there was this time where things exploded, and, and you explored that art. It was an exciting time, and I had a similar experience with 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 a, with him as well in that sense. Um, and so, 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 okay. So you did, 
um, weddings for how long at that point? Because you're not doing weddings anymore. No, no. Uh, <laughs> so I shot weddings uh, up until, well, 2007, 2008, that crash. Mm. Really yeah, I remember. redefined, <laughs> redefined crash. what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> and weddings certainly took a different... Mm. Uh, it, it was so strange because, you know, I would do the wedding show circuit mm. and wedding, I could always fill up my year with the mm. wedding show, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and I kept on seeing all these new people come in. And, you know, we saw that at WPPI, these sure. new kind of faces would show up mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, they were, you know, they weren't from the Monty Zucker kind of frame of mind, yeah. right? The discipline, yeah. it was very loosey-goosey, just mm -hmm. go with the flow, mm -hmm. you know, fake it till you make it kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And, um, but it had legs. Yeah. And uh, in our show circuit, I would see all these new people come up and, 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 and it was really interesting to see how how people would gravitate to that energy. Mm -hmm. And so literally, like, from one year to the next year, it was like, okay, year one, we're, we're you know, we're just, we're humming around 200,000, we're doing great mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Show season starts, and there was nothing. Yep. Like it was, it was the most humbling, yep. you know, you're looking at your booth, you're looking at your books, you're mm -hmm. like, like, what has changed, mm -hmm. you know? I, I've, you know, the, the language is updated, the, the images are updated, the work is fabulous, right? What was going on? There was something, something fundamentally changed in the crowd and what people were looking for. And as a, I've always said, like, as an army of one, it's hard to hold ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that, that became my struggle, wow. you know, being that sole entrepreneur, you know, uh, me versus the industry, me versus my, my area, me yeah. versus, you know, my network type of thing. Um, it was hard. It was hard to kind of keep that, keep going because, you know, you're trying to feed a family yep. and the, the pressures that are there. And, and then one year I had to like wipe off $80,000 of overhead right. just because it's like, I couldn't have the studio anymore. I couldn't do these things. And, mm -hmm. But in that process, I learned to be a better shooter. I learned to be a better businessman. I learned, I, I learned a lot of great lessons in that. So I shot until weddings until about 2012. Mm -hmm. I started teaching at a local college, mm -hmm. uh, wedding photography. I was, I was an instructor there uh, for a few years. Um, that was a very interesting experience also, <laughs> like kind of like being there and imparting stuff for the newer generation of shooters. Uh, and and really kind of seeing where we miss, where you know where as educators we miss the mark for for our audience many times, right. and and where where the where the deficits were and where the hunger points were, right. and some people would get it, and then other people were just it just wasn't there. But the main one was that business piece, like Always. how do I Always. how do I do it? How do I how do I build this? into something that is, you know, repeatable and how do I build it in so it's profitable and, you know, we have so much interest now, like in the portrait world about, you know, the uh, IPS, uh, mm -hmm. Peter's group, we use TNT, you know, mm -hmm. kind of method, this in-person sales model where, you know, 
how do we make money as an artist? How do we do it? Because when we start out, it's about an expression. It's about a desire. It's about an emotion. Mm -hmm. But very quickly, it translates into this is a need. I have, I'm hungry. My car's hungry. My kids are mm -hmm. hungry. I have to fill that hunger somehow. Right. And how do, I, how do I put all those pieces together? So shot weddings until 2012. And then I got into product photography more. I always had the portrait side going right. because I'm a people person. I love, I have to interact with people. people. Right. COVID's been really interesting for me. Wait, but, so before you get to that, because I want to get to yep. the headshot stuff, that's a, that's a significant part of what I want to talk about today. But I want to go back to, you know, one of the things that I've admired about you is that you are a very creative person. You're, you're a very good photographer. Uh, and during that time from like, let's say 2002 to 2008, 2009, for those, for those people who haven't worked during that time, it was a really, really interesting time because, uh, if, if you were a creative photographer that kind of did that loosey goosey style, you pretty much could write whatever you wanted to, whatever, 10, 10 grand, 12 grand, whatever you want for a wedding. And you were getting booked because you were literally putting the traditional photographers out of business. We, we, used, to, we used to market specifically saying, this is not your mother's wedding photography. Exactly. Exactly. Right? It if, was if so different. If you had a Canon camera and an 85 yep. 1.2, yep. you were writing yourself checks. You were writing yourself checks. And, in, 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 and if you had some experience to build off of that too, where you could pull in some of the traditional ideas – uh, so you knew how to do family pictures. You knew how to do stuff like that. You were really, really going crazy. And mm -hmm. I knew the big difference for me was when the parents or the, the brides and grooms were coming in with, uh, they were, and probably not in Canada, but like they were like checks from their HELOC loans. Like they were like, it was just free money that they were writing checks from, right? And when the housing market crashed, all of that went away. Right. And that has been that was a really interesting time in wedding photography because the bottom literally dropped out. It didn't matter whether you were a good business person or not. Nope. You went from shooting forty weddings a year at ten grand a piece to five. And the yep. problem with shooting high ticket weddings is that if five go away, you're looking at fifty grand less in sales, right? So Big. that was and, and that and that happened to so many of us, myself included. And then, you know, it's a market correction. And then wedding photography kind of balanced itself out again and became different. And it, it still is like it became what wedding photography is today. And then, you know, in your case, you just found a way to to figure it out again. And and so I just wanted to make that point because yep. uh, it, it, that's that's what happened during that period. And, yep. you know, of course, you continued to do your thing and, and you really needed to adjust yourself. But the people who had sound business foundations, which so many did not, were able to survive. And that's where you come in in that, in that case where I've always I've admired you because you're a good marketing person. You look at your website. It is concise. It is it is it is it is, it is everything has a purpose and and it tells a lot of it about a lot about you so sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i just yeah, no. really wanted to make that point because that brings you from here from this point to where you are now and you kind of dabbled in 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 different things and and professional so okay you're doing product photography i'm and again sorry to interrupt you product yep. photography now you're getting into headshots go i'm sorry 
Yeah, so product photography, I worked for uh, Sephora. I did a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff for Sephora, um, kind of the equivalent up here of like your Walgreens and CVS. They're kind of their beauty line and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with a company that provided all those um, those institutions, their cosmetics and their packaging mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I did that. And it was just another similar story. One company gets bought out by another company, yeah. and within six hours, I get a number of phone calls and a bunch of canceled contracts. Mm. And you know, there's 84 grand that just walked out the door within like pick up the phone. Hey, how's it going? Hey, John, how's it going? You know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, by the way, we just got bought out. We're shutting you down. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Let me know if there's anything else in the pipeline, right? Um, and uh, so that was that was just the way it happened. So, you know, with with this business, like as a shooter, a really good shooter is so mentally agile, mm-hmm. right? Like we're so mentally agile, like we can we're we're interacting with the individual, we're interacting with our gear, we're interacting with our own intuition and our vision and stuff like that. But when in business, you know, to have that emotional agility to be able to kind of go from you know, falling flat on your face and just picking yourself back up and going, okay, this, this is okay. We're good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, dust it off and keep going. So this is kind of the story. I used to, I used to do talks, uh, for, uh, an album company and I was in Halifax one time and I, I told people, I said, look, you know, I'm not here talking to you guys because I'm, I'm better in any way. It's just like, if it stinks and it's on the sidewalk, I've stepped in it, right? I've stepped in it and I'm here to share the experience, right? Um, and, uh, so yeah, product photography did that for a while, had that happen. And then I was just, I had a couple, I had a couple real moments. Like when I decided to leave wedding photography, I remember coming downstairs and I had my go bag, right? I had my go bag there and I had all my gear and I was just, I could just run out the door at a moment's notice and, mm. and bang off a wedding, not a problem. And I looked at it and I was just I was just like, my heart almost sunk when I looked at the bag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know it's time. Mm-hmm. Right? So I went right to Kijiji. And I just listed everything that was in the bag and uh, put it on Kijiji. And then I had a, like an airline pilot go, yeah, I'll buy the bag off you for of 22 grand. Did. Yeah. And, and it was just like, perfect. Wow. And so I sold my entire wedding kit. And wow. then I bought, I bought like one. Uh, so I was, all, I was all Canon back then. And so then I just... I was like, it's time for something new. And then mm. I bought a Nikon system, small Nikon system. That's what I shot all my product with. Wow. And then uh, and then I was like, I had another one of those moments after I got that phone call. And I was just like, your heart sinks a little bit. And you're like, okay, it's time again. Mm. Right? Like, mm. This is this is part of the evolution of, yeah. of me. And, you know, but still the principles, the principles that Bruce taught me a long time ago about you know, making the deals and how to sell to people and be like you said, you know, fast, fast is what people want. Yeah. Right. right. You, you can't. My major failure in my wedding business was the fact that it took too long to get albums out. That was my pain point. That was my stress point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Everyone's. it was just how do you how do you keep, you know, 18, 20, 40, 40 new best friends every year for six months and keep them happy. happy you you yeah. can't, you're going to, you're going to drop cannot. the ball somewhere. You cannot. Yeah. And, um, so then just learning those principles, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go back to what's me. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at, you know, okay, so let's look around me and what, 
what do people need? Because it has to deal with people. I, I like, I yeah. don't want to shoot another bottle of water. I don't want to play with another piece <laughs> of a, a metallic brush. And, uh -huh. you know, um, I don't want to be the guy looking at the YouTube tutorials to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with my life. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what, what is it? What is it that I want to do? And it was like, I need to work with people because that's my gift. That's mm. that's where I'm strong, working with people and understanding them and, and helping them. And okay, so what area? And I was like, people need to sell themselves. Mm -hmm. And I have a pretty good eye on how to sell people. And so then it just turned into personal branding. And then, you know, I knew about that guy, Peter Hurley, you know, <laughs> I, I'd walked past him a few times at the trade shows and, you know, walked quicker when he was speaking. <laughs> and, uh, and then for whatever reason, just life, life brought me to that decision of like, you know, that, that thing in your mind again, right. It's hard to hold ground as an army of one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we do need our network. We do need our it's important. Well, there's there's two expressions. One expression that I always remember is familiarity breeds contempt. Mm -hmm. Right. So oftentimes when I was early in my career, I formed these really tight bonds with these other photographers. But we were all fighting for the same slices of pie in a small area. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Right. The relationship, yeah. you know, is going to get contemptuous. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so I always remembered that, but then in the other hand of it is you just can't hold ground as an army of one. And yeah. I've, once I accepted that and I'm like, okay, you know, I need my tribe. I need to find my tribe of mm -hmm. like-minded people, you know, similar fish swimming the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, it really does. You know, I, I like it to, I don't know if you're familiar with bicycle racing, like the tour de France. Uh -huh. Right. So these guys get into this long line. It's called a Peloton. Uh -huh. Right. So these guys start riding and they're in a tight formation heading down the road. And you don't want to be the first guy because right. the first guy is doing all the work. Right. Right. You don't want to be the two guys on either side of the front guy because they're doing all the work. Where you want to be is like the third or fourth or fifth guy in there. Mm -hmm. And the reason is they are creating such a vacuum with all their effort and all their things that they're doing and they're saying and they're learning. Mm -hmm. You get tucked in there, you have no choice. You, they will drag you across the whole course and you have to do like 10% of the effort. Mm -hmm. And so huh. being smart, you know, and linking yourself with people who are breaking ground and then challenging you and challenging your thoughts and, and pushing you to new limits or to new ways of thinking and doing business and capturing images and lighting images, you have no choice but to emulate their success because they're just dragging you along. Man, that so, is the best, that is the best uh, story and description of the importance of being part of a community that I think I've heard in, in decades. That is that is a great way to describe exactly why and the importance of being part of a community. And not necessarily, it's nice to be part, in business, it's nice to be part of a community uh, that's close to you because there's the location challenges, right? Right. But being part of a global community um, is, it makes it easier for you to share those struggles without the challenge of your competition as well. Man, that is... That's awesome. And, and, and you're 100% correct in what you're saying. But let's get to 
We don't have a lot of time left, but let's get to, uh, gosh, I feel like we could have a whole other conversation. Like we should just stop here and then get to the, get to the, the portrait, but we'll go a little bit longer today, I guess. Um, so you get into headshots and personal branding and I think we're definitely going to need to do another episode, but I, 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 I'm serious about this and I haven't ever done this. We're 81 episodes in, but, um, we get you decide that you wanted because there's so much with headshots, and I think, you know, but just touch the surface for me. Like I, I am fascinated how how big a business this has become, and oh. how important this has become. So just can you touch on that a little bit? You know, when when COVID hit, everybody was freaking out. Like yes. everybody was like, "Oh my God, we're done. We're um have to close my studio. I have to do this, you know." And you know, everything's dried up. And I, I was there the whole time, just sitting there, thinking about it. You know, I got COVID right when it was fresh. You know, I, I was lucky <laughs> enough to have somebody share that experience with me <laughs> from a headshot. You and me session. both. <laughs> and um, so. Um, when I was recovering, I was sitting there and, and I was just like, you know what, James, this is the most exciting time ever for you right now. Wow. It is the most exciting time because you have to get ready. Mm. You have to mm. get ready. And so use this time, use this downtime to start preparing and start figuring out, you know, better ways of doing things because when the doors open, they're going to open wide. Yeah. And why is that? Because... Yes. You know, we we talk in in the news. They're talking about you know the great the great exodus of employees out of these you know large corporations, and right. people are learning that I can survive on my own. But the soundbite I use a lot is you know people see before they hear. Uh-huh. Light is faster than sound. Yes, I read and that. And so so people will see you before they hear you before they take the time to listen to you huh. so if the visual is the most important if it's the start of that value chain uh-huh. then people are going to need strong visuals right and who can provide that better than anybody me right right so right. i need to gear up and i need to start doing that so how explosive is the personal branding and headshot space it's astronomical everybody has a digital id now Right. And that digital ID starts with that little icon, that little stupid picture in the corner. And people judge you on whether or not they're going to pick up the phone, whether or not they're going to call you, whether or not what they think of you, what their preconceived notions are based on that little stupid picture. I, so I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And, you know, as photographers, it's easy for us to talk about this and say how important this is. And But I'm finding that it's only been in the last couple of years that this is this is really happening and people are people they're well, not yeah organizations are are keying into it as well like right. i had a large uh large institution contact me and and we were just we were at a cocktail party and i was talking to one person and i asked them you know so what's a challenge that you're having with with all of your staff now you know like what's going on and and she was like now with everybody like Everybody's communicating via computers and stuff like that. We're losing the, we're losing the connection to each other. Mm. Like we're losing that kind of common ground. The water cooler is not a thing anymore, right? right? Where people are doing this. And right. she and and their comment was, you know, our, our staff are fractured all over the place, and there's no there's no connectivity to the, to each other. Mm. 
And so I proposed to them, I said, I have an idea. And because they were all moving to Microsoft Teams and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. everybody was, and I said, you know, how about if you had something where everybody looked like they belonged to the same mm -hmm. group based on having a similar mm -hmm. background or a similar lighting situation or whatever. I said, the cohesiveness of that mm -hmm. uh, could be really powerful. And, and they were like, that's an interesting concept. Let me think about it and let me talk to some people. Mm -hmm. So we did it. We did a test run. We shot 100 and 120 employees or 130 employees. <laughs> That's a test run. That's a test run. <laughs> and um, we applied it. And then within six weeks, I followed up and they said, we've never had as much engagement with the staff because oh. they're all talking about each other's photos. And yeah. they said, it actually encourages people with a bright, nicely exposed image that looks inviting and the people have lookability. People are actually wanting to pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and have a conversation with a person mm -hmm. rather than just tapping a message. Yep. She goes, it's, it's, it was like change the whole dynamic of the workplace of just the value of having an approachable image for people to look at as a representation, as an avatar. Like it's not a cartoon avatar. It's actually that person. Yep. And they look fabulous because we have the people have never seen themselves in the light that we put them in. They don't. And and speaking from my own experience with just the one photo that Peter took of me uh several yeah. years ago, it's it's it's, it's my icon. It it's 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 who I am. And I had to update it recently because I'm seven, eight years, nine years older than that photo. And uh as much as I want to be that nine years younger, I recognize <laughs> the fact that I, I'm not. I'm, I'm right. ten years older. Uh, and I was at one of Peter's workshops in New York this spring, and one of his students took a photo of me. She did an incredible job, and that has become my new my new photo, um, sans bow tie, which has been an interesting uh, journey for me as well. But right. the the reaction to it is it, it's important, and you're right. It 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 the the importance of that photo is so important. So. We have to wrap here. It's really unfortunate. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, because I want to talk about the business of building a headshot business, even if we're just touching on the surface. But I think we're gonna need another thirty minutes for that. And I really That's like good. to keep these episodes uh, on that. And 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 you've been a great educator to lots of photographers. So I want to make the point of, you know, uh, of, of of checking out James's website, being in touch with him. Uh, he's a great ambassador, both on Peter's side, but also do, so, does some other things. I'll put links to that stuff. Peter will share that with, I'm sorry, James will share that with me. And uh, we're going to do a secondary episode real soon. Uh, and uh, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jason. It's been it's been great. Yeah, and it's been it's been great getting to know you. So, all right, we're going to wrap here. That's this week's episode of Something New Every Week. We will catch you guys next week. As I've been saying, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, please reach out to me. I am not hard to find. Just find find my avatar on Facebook or wherever, and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. We will see you back here next week.